Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. I'm home caught, just standing trial. Why ain't I see you round back when I was down? I'm home caught, just standing trial. Why ain't I see you round back when I was down? They ain't believing me in the beginning. Who wanna hang around now they see me winning? I'm home caught, just standing trial. What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Court, from the Holding Court Podcast, and today's episode is sponsored by none other than Rap Noodles. You already know what it is, the classic icon ramen noodles. You know what I'm saying? This is the creamy chicken gumbo flavor, one of my personal favorites. So, you know, we grew up in the hood eating noodles, you know what I mean? What we talking about ramen? Forget ramen. Get your rap noodles, you know what I'm saying? So, it's no limit to our success. You already know what it is. Be body body, ride it, ride it with the rap icon, rap noodles. You already know what it is. Salute. What's up, world? Welcome to the Holding Court Podcast with Big Court. Man, today is an exciting day. Um, man, I'm honored. And I don't I don't say that lightly. Um, today, we got the OG, the incomparable man of respect, the godfather of the South, godfather of gangster rap. You know what I mean? I consider anyway, Mr. J Prince. Yes, sir. What's good with you, OG? Oh, uh, yeah. How y'all doing, homie? <laughs> man, we good. We good, man. Man, it's a it's a like I said, it's an honor, my brother. I appreciate you tapping in with the show. Hey man, the feeling is mutual. You know what I mean when it when I hear a name holding court. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm all the way down with that because we don't have much uh, access to be able to hold court. You know in the other buildings. So you, you I'm already excited know. About it, man. Yeah, and you know when we hold court, what we do? We hold court in the street if we got to hold hold some kind of court. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, man. So, um, man, I want to get into your story, bro. Um, you know, I know you've been, you know, on your media tour here for the past couple of years, which me, myself, I, I was very happy to see because I grew up, you know, uh, studying you from afar as a kid. And I always wondered, you know, you were always mysterious. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, who's that guy? But I would hear the voice on the record. You know what I mean? Um, what, what was your upbringing, you know, in, in Houston? What, what was the young Jay Prince? Well, James Smith at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually I was James Johnson before I was James Smith. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had, okay. I had a few names, but my upbringing, you know, I, I was a ghetto boy. You know what I mean? My, I, I'm from Houston, Texas, Fifth Ward, you know, a place, uh, you know, they call a bloody nickel. And you can imagine why they call it the bloody nickel. But 
you know, I was I was raised there uh, amongst wolves, and uh, eventually, you know, I grew up to lead the pack. So, you know, that's 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 it in a nutshell. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, you are only child, or you grew up with siblings? No, I uh, I uh, I had one sister in the beginning, you know, and I wrote about it in the book, you know, how I lost my sister. But uh, my mother, after losing, my sister had a couple more kids. Oh, okay. So, you know, I had another brother, you know, which I lost him. And I also have a sister and and brother on my father's side as well. Okay. Man, what was the significance? Like, what kind of impact did that have on you losing a sibling at such a a young age? Oh, it was... uh, was traumatizing and I didn't realize, you know, it was traumatizing until uh, really after writing this book and different things. You know, I knew it had effect on me as a kid because, you know, I had to move from with my mother to, you know, to stay with my grandmother. But, uh, you know, psychologically, I had no idea of uh, how it really impacted me, man, until I went to the projects into that same apartment building uh, when I wrote my book. I went over there to, to visit the same space and everything, man, and entering that apartment, you know what I mean? I felt some things that I thought uh, didn't exist no more, you know what I mean? Because that was the last place I saw my sister alive, you know, at the age of 12 years old. She was 12. I was 11. Wow. You know, we stayed up together all that night, man, talking about what we going to be, who we going to, you know, what we're going to become in life and we get grown, what we're going to buy our mother. And, you know, to see the next day, you know, my sister ended up getting cut in half by a train. Wow. Wow. Sorry to hear that, OG. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So, yeah, I, I, I totally can dig that, um, OG, because I, I had the same thing. You know, my mother passed away in 2010. And uh, her her mother, which is my grandmother, passed away in 87. I was 11. And uh, I never cried when my grandmother died. Like I lived with her, you know, but you don't understand really the significance and the gravity of it at 11. You know, so it wasn't until my mother passed away in 2010, you know, that at the age of 33, all those emotions from losing my grandmother came rushing in. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Where'd that come from? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just funny how, you know, I guess just life and that journey, you know, and grief can just creep up on you like that, you know? So I yeah. definitely understand, you know, that part of it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, growing up in the nickel, like what was your first introduction into the streets? I mean, what was a, what was a young Jay Prince, like a kid? You know what I mean? Was you quiet? Was you a precocious kid? Was you laid back was you you know rambunctious <laughs> yeah i was uh i was a leader before i knew i was a leader you know what i mean because like my first introduction was walking outside of the house to the other side of the street you know amongst the hustlers and different things you know what i mean and and they was about their hustle and um in a many of different ways you know what i mean all types of hustlers and whatnot existed in the hood. And uh, I would interact with some of them all, you know what I mean? I would interact with them because, you know, I was a little dude. I think I had a certain charisma, 
about myself that they liked. And, you know, I always had a crew with me that I was the leader of. And I think they saw that, you know, at a young age uh, where I was concerned and respected that. But, uh, you know, even at that age, man, I was I was cautious about being a follower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you had those leadership skills early on. So was it. But in terms of and, you know, I'm going to get a little bit gritty with you, OG, you know, and I know you know how to answer. So, I mean, was it was it you seeing the environment and you said, OK, I see they doing A, B and C. I'm going to emulate that because I'm going to get me some of that. Or was it a, a uncle or a big homie that was like, hey, let me holler at you. Let me put you down, put you on, show you how this go. Or was it just something that you intuitively just picked up on? No, it was a it was a combination of all of that. You know what I mean? I, I had that uncle. I had that auntie. I had that grandmother. You know what I mean? That gave me game. And then, you know, in the other world, you know, I had friends that had brothers and cousins and relatives. You know what I mean? So I, I was surrounded, you know what I mean, by all of it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to pick and choose you know, what you want to do. You know what I mean? I always tell everybody we we have two things every day, a chance and a choice. And, uh, you know, I made I made some good choices. I made some bad choices. You know what I mean? I participated in some of everything that existed in the hood. You know, I was just one that was able to uh, survive a lot of the things I participated in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going through your your street career, and I know you've seen a lot of money because I've seen the pictures. You know what I mean? You had the BMW and the the Dookie ropes, the Mink, and all of that. So, and I know the game was plentiful back then. You know, especially in the '80s. You know, as things were, um, how should I say, relatively new. You know what I'm saying? And if you, everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Uh, if you were fortunate enough to be ahead of the game, you know what I'm saying, before it got too saturated, you know what I mean, <laughs> then you could really get to it. Because um, I grew up watching the older cats before me, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, in the, in the 70s, it was something different, you know, and then the 80s ushered in something different, something new, you know. And you know what I'm talking about, so... It was a, a whole different flow of money. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Being able to see that, um, did was it something that happened? You know what I mean? That like that made you want to say, OK, I'm, I'm seeing this. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's good, but I need to do something different. Yeah, was it an no, incident? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A combination of things, you know, went on. Uh, see, my whole drive came from. Uh, the poverty curse, you know, that so many of us experience, you know, in our households. So, you know, I was a, a eight, nine, 10 year old kid who was listening to my mother in the projects, dreaming about having her own home one day. You know, I love my mother dearly and that registered on my heart heavily. So uh, that was a goal of mine. That was a goal of mine to not only break the poverty curse that I witnessed them cry and, you know, tears and pain 
all of my life. You know, at a young age, I said, I'm going to do something about this. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one to break this poverty curse. Don't worry about this, mama. You know what I mean? So with that drive and those seeds planted in me, as a kid, you know, once I became an adult and made decisions that I didn't want to go to college, you know what I mean? And and, and then I pursued uh, corporate America. I'm like, well, you know, maybe I could, uh, even though I dislike being around these people, maybe I can make it in this world. And and they laid me off, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And And from there, you know, I became and took on a totally different mentality. You know what I mean? And the mentality was one of which I say, okay, I'm going to become a millionaire in the streets. You know what I mean? I'm going to get my mother this home and I'm willing to die for her to have this home. You know what I mean? So this is, this was my mentality. So you can only imagine the journey after that. Listen, I, 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 I totally um, relate to that. You know, I went through the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why your story is so, you know, compelling, because uh, I know what that's like. You know, for me, you know, before this was right before I signed with P in 95, I was going through the same thing. I was like, look, man, I'm not finna be punching no clock. I'm not finna be. They're going to have to kill me or take me to jail because I'm going to live my life like I want. And I, I and I want my time to be my own. That's what it was for me. It was me that I needed my time and my life to be my own. I didn't want to be designated nowhere. You know what I mean? And I still wanted to be able to do what I had to do. But I was willing to die, go to jail for that, you know, to be able to have that luxury, you know, and like yourself, I was motivated to, you know, to to do something for my mother. And fortunately enough, like I said, my mother passed away in 2010. You know, unfortunately, she passed away in the house that I bought her. You know, so I could I could at least say that, you know, and, and rest yeah. on that. You know what I mean? So. um, But, you know, so was it so did you feel the heat? You know what I'm saying? Did you was it like were you seeing homeboys getting jammed up? You know what I'm saying? Indicted. You sometimes you could feel that shit, even if that don't happen. You like <laughs> I, I need to do something because sometimes it get too easy. OG. sometimes it's coming yeah. so easy and you like, nah, this is some it's some it's some fuck shit brewing. You know, so was, yeah. was it just intuition? Yeah, you know, uh, once again, a combination of all that. People died all around me. You know what I mean? You know, like when I say all around me, real close. You know, so I witnessed the pain that go along with, you know, those choices you make where the street is concerned. And uh, I never was an individual that wanted to be a career criminal. You know what I mean? And I never, you know, because I understood the uh, reward where career criminals are concerned. So I never, and then I'm, I, I never was that kind of human being anyway. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was always, you know, when I chose to do wrong, it was, uh, I wanted to use that as a, 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 a connection to do right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, when you have that mentality and when you're not stuck on stupid, you know, to the extent where you uh, want to run all the way off the cliff before you, uh, you know, get some sense. Then, you know, uh, along that journey somewhere you decide, 
okay, uh, I hadn't had enough. You know what I mean? This is the sign. Yeah. For me, it was right. a sign that I had prayed for. Right. You know what I mean? And and just as clear as I'm looking at you and talking to you right now, you know, I recognize, okay, this is my sign. All these years I've been asking the creator before you take my life or give me a life sentence, send me a sign. So, you know, I I was really convinced that, you know, certain things was my sign and uh, I was obedient to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, OG shit, you know, getting the money can be as addictive as, you know what I'm saying? The people stuck in bondage, you know what I mean? With the addiction, you know what I mean? So it getting is. money can be <laughs> very addictive and it's scary. It's scary to, you know, I had to go through that because even, you know, once I start running with P, you know, he told me, he said, hey, look, you got a choice to make. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're going to do the right thing if you're going to be up and around me. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to cut out all the bullshit. He talking about nigga scared, OG. I'm like, well, shit, is this shit going to work? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I had to, you know, rely on faith, really, you know, and the man upstairs. And and uh, and I know you have a strong, you know, faith. Like, where where did that come from? Did you grow up in the church? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, in, in my book, The Art and Science of Respect, I, I wrote about how my mother, you know, she didn't take me, but she sent me on that project bus. You know, it was it, it was a it was a church bus, a Pleasant Grove Missionary Church. They they sent a bus to the projects, and everybody that you know what I mean wanted to get on it, got on it, and they drove us there. So you know. Believe it or not, you know, that happened, what, two or three years, man, and it laid such a strong foundation in that short period of time because even though I was eight, nine years old, you know, an OG in the hood had named me 19 because he said I had the mind of a 19-year-old wow. at the age of nine years old. Damn. So I was I was sucking up game as I sit in there and heard, you know, different things came out of the preacher mouth, man. And, uh, you know, those words saved my life. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I always say, OG, in order to, you know, attain something bigger than yourself, you got to believe in something bigger than yourself, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, so now you decide to make that transition. I mean, did you have, what, what were the ideas that you had? Like, okay, I'm gonna do something different. How, you know, did you try anything else before you went into the record business? Like, did you say, okay, let me try this. Let me try that. And, or you just had yeah. in your mind, I'm going to go straight into the record business. Yeah. Well, I definitely was participating in a car lot before, you know, just by simultaneously when I was doing the music thing. So, you know, I, I was, I was so connected in the streets with, you know, the, the sports guys and, uh, the hustlers until, you know, I figured out a way to uh, make money off of selling cars. So I would, I would purchase cars and put me a $20,000, five, 10, $15,000 profit on the vehicles. And I, I was real successful at doing that. And uh, from there, I, I understood that I wanted to be a millionaire. You know what I mean? I want to be a millionaire. Uh, in corporate America, you know what I mean? So I understood in order to become a millionaire in corporate America, then I had to 
play on a million dollar playing field. And and that helped me uh choose the music industry because it was it was there for me for a while and I wasn't serious about it. But when I really analyzed the reward and when I went to New York and Leah Cohen showed me some of them LL Cool J checks and you know, Ron then then, you know, a light came on. Oh, I can become a millionaire with this shit. Finding talent. So who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Once you you start rap a lot, and I know understand that you named it rap a lot based on your brother, correct? Yeah. Yeah, your brother was Sir Rap a lot, right? That's right. Right, right. And so what how did you go about recruiting talent? Like, you know what I mean? You know, did you know exactly what you wanted in terms of talent? You know, right out the box you was like, "Okay, I'm going for some gangster shit." Or were you kind of cuz at that time you kind of had New York dominating it, you know what I'm saying, on some hip hop yeah. shit. Yeah, what I done for a while was I allowed other people to uh do what they wanted to do you know what i mean and i just like funded their dreams because you know this was a world i didn't know nothing about you know what i mean so i'm like okay let me try y'all shit so i tried this shit and uh it didn't work and when i uh, went to new york i traveled there and spent a month and during that month i, I traveled to uh, manhattan to you know, get in the offices of, of Def Jam and different shit. And I was able to, you know, see with my own eyes what was taking place. And it was that trip where that where I had an eye-opening experience. I'm like, oh, shit. They imitating the East Coast. You know what I mean? Even though they live in Houston. And I made a decision in New York to load all of my shit up from New York and have everybody to come back to Texas and y'all going to do this my way now because I, I got clarity on what's taking place. And y'all imitating, you know, these people. I, I want to be who we are from the South. And that didn't sit well with a lot of those artists. So I got rid of all their ass, right? You know, because I had some things I wanted to say. Yeah. And they told me I wasn't a rapper, but, you know, I had lived this shit that they was perpetrating it. And I wanted to, like, give it to them in the raw. And I asked them to make it rhyme for me. And they told me, you too deep. This shit too deep, what you saying. I'm like, okay. That means you're not qualified. So I got rid of all the ass, right? And uh, that was the beginning of my research of uh, putting together a real set of ghetto boys. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we usher, you ushered in. Uh, that was the Making Trouble album. Was that the first yeah. set that you got rid of or was that the second stream? That was after the Making Trouble album. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That, that concept... Um, that concept begun with the uh, on that other level. Album. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On that other level. I remember when that shit came out. OG. That shit was classic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that shit was classic. Um, was that your first that 
So that album probably would was that the first commercial commercially successful album on Rap a Lot. Grip it well, on actually, level. that album was an independent album okay. that uh, we went gold with. Wow! And, and from that album, we added two songs and done a deal with Rick Rubin. Yes, yes, I remember that because you you, yeah. you changed. Was that the one you changed the cover to the mug shots, and you yeah. added "City Under Siege." And yeah, yeah. change the name. Yeah, yeah. You changed it from G the ghetto to G E T O. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was a kid. I remember I studied that shit. Yeah, that 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 album was classic. Um, you know, you had a so in the beginning in terms of uh talent, because I noticed that you kind of had um you had an array of artists, like for like I guess what I'm saying, there was no reference point back then, right? So you had choice. A lot of people don't give choice credit. You know, when you <laughs> see your your Nicki Minaj's and your little Kim's, yeah. she don't get mentioned. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, how did you have the foresight to bring in a female artist that was raw like that? Well, I knew that uh, first of all, choice back then was fine and attractive, right? And and um, I felt. That within itself carried a lot of weight, but to be able to like speak that nasty, sexy shit along yeah. with the look, yeah. I knew that that was something that uh, would be embraced by by the homies and different yeah. things. So, yeah, you know, she was the first to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that album, man. I don't even think what was that ninety or something like that. Shit, I don't even think I probably jumped off the porch. I was listening to that shit. <laughs> like, where's she at? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm trying to find me somebody like that. But that was dope. I mean, and then even with that and like going to like Gangsta Nip, like what, it, you know, it seemed like you weren't scared to step outside the norm and try something. You know what I'm saying? Almost like some of the shit was shock value. Like even with too much trouble, even with them, yeah. you know what I mean? And naming them the baby ghetto boys. Because I remember, you know, being excited about that album as a kid, you know, but, you know, did you understand what you were doing or were you just kind of throwing shit against the wall, seeing if it if it stuck? No, I understood real clearly what I was doing. You know, I even broke the barriers of uh, going to the south side, and you know, all over Houston versus, you know, uh, picking one side of town to do different things. You know what I mean? I I united the power and everybody you know this is who they was you know what I mean? all i done was put them on a podium and put a spotlight on them you know the gangster nips and all these people you know i never say oh rap this way or be this this is who they were you know what i mean and uh i was excited about who they were and some of the crazy shit they were saying and i'm like okay i'm i'm gonna rap this shit in, in this type of artwork and paper, and we're going to, you know, put this out. Yeah, Gangsta Nip was hard. I still listen to that first <laughs> album. That shit is hard. <laughs> yeah, what, um, so I mean, so now you, you so you sold those records uh, independently initially. So now, when, when did you transition to working with the majors? What album was that? Uh, it began kind of with with the ghetto ghetto boys album when I changed the name, you know what I mean? And I changed the name because G H E T T O somebody else owned that. You know what I mean? So I say 
G-E-T-O, I'm going to own this. And uh, so we changed that and, and done that deal with Rick Rubin. But I done that deal with Rick Rubin based on having access to the muscle of Geffen Records. Right. Now, Geffen Records owner, David Geffen, yep. you know, got a whiff of uh, some of the lyric, lyrical content that we was talking about and it didn't sit well with him. Mm. You know what I mean? So he refused to put our album out. Now, Rick Rubin had other groups, Danzig and all these other groups in the heavy metal world was talking worse shit than we was. Right, right. And that was okay with David Geffen. Wow. So, you know, right then and now, uh, I understood that this whole situation with Rick Rubin is not sitting well with me, even though we left them and he went and was able to do... uh, you know, this astronomical deal with Warner Brothers. And, um, you know, he got paid because he got out of his whole deal. He was able to get out his whole deal based on the ghetto boys. But after we done that album with him, I felt like I had paid uh, my dues. I, I really didn't do a deal with you to be over here with Warner Brothers. I wanted that David, that that get that yeah, Geffen that machine, scene, right? yeah, yeah. So, so he and I had to figure out a way to uh, go our separate ways, and we did. And from there, you know, I I done a deal with Priority. Mm-hmm. That's New yeah. Tribe. Was that New Tribe? No, no, no. Priority was before New Tribe. Okay. Priority. Okay, that's who P came to. Right after, right. you know, after me. Right, right, right. So. Once you get to priority and then we come to, I guess, uh, we can't be stopped. Right. And so that's where you really start getting to it and got on the map with mind playing tricks on me. Yeah. 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 What, what, what did that feel like? Oh, that was a beautiful feeling, man. It was a beautiful feeling. Definitely, uh, at radio and around the world, you know, social media didn't exist you know, back then. So we couldn't push one button and be everywhere at the same time. We had to travel to each of these states and cities. And that was a record that everywhere we traveled, it, it, it was the key to opening the doors. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The respect for the sound. Right. You know what I mean? Because prior to then, I never could get ready or video. I had to figure out 
how to sell my records without radio and video. Wow. But that particular song was a song that, uh, the first song that, that got us respect at radio and video where, uh, you know, the, I feel like the whole South uh, begun to get respect from that movement on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know initially you said that was a Scarface song. Um, did you inspire that song? I mean, was I, I feel like Face may have been, you know what I'm saying, taking some of your experiences and bringing that to, to, to record. You know what I mean? Was that something that you said, Face, check this out. Man, this is what I was going through. Cause it was so vivid, you know what I mean. It was like some real street shit. Did, where did yeah. you kind of no. inspire that? Yeah, most most definitely. Uh, me and Scarface, we wrote together. Mm. You know what I mean. Okay. I could spit things to face, and he, you know what I mean, knew how to make them rhyme and yeah. bring it to fruition. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was uh, a ghetto boy that never. Really got credit for being a ghetto boy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the <laughs> lyrical content, uh, I, I bred yeah. into them. And you actually spit on a few songs. I mean, yeah, it feel good to be a gangster. Yeah. And you, yeah. you spit on, uh, was it Trigger Happy Nigga too? It probably was. Yeah. It probably was. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I just thought yeah. about something, OG. This is why I wanted to ask you. <clears throat> So on Gangsta Nip's album, right, on uh, Action Speaks Louder Than Words, you on a call. I'm not sure who you on a call with. I don't think it's Larry Hoover, but you on a call with somebody and you say, yeah, how kind of world class wrecking crew disrespect some real soldiers? <laughs> Were you talking about world class wrecking, tr- wrecking crew, uh, Dr. Dre and them? Yeah, I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? What uh, what was the what was the riff with that back then? I don't I don't recall, man. I don't recall. But uh, you know, it could have came from a lot of places. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? It could have came from a lot of places. I don't remember the year mm-hmm. and different things like that. But uh yeah, if I said that, I, I stand on it you stand in twenty twenty one. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, <laughs> I just don't remember. You know what I mean? Why I said it? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I always wondered what that what that was because it was like it was that moment, and then you know what I mean. It, it moved on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you seeing success? You riding high, man? Uh, what was your? I'm curious. What was your first move? What was your first like legitimate purchase? Once you start getting these these this rap money. And you know you could really show it, you know, you ain't gotta be doing all the other shit. What did you what did you do when you got your first piece of money? First piece of money. Well, the first piece of money I got, and I think this is important. I'm gonna go outside of rap first. Um, the first piece of money that I got, man, I didn't buy no jewelry, I didn't buy no vehicle. I, I purchased my mother a house with an acre of land. You know what I mean? And and that reward from the smile that was on her face, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I still get high off of that today. And, and she dead and gone now. But I, I had to put that there. Now, when when it came to corporate America and rap a lot and I started getting paid, now, what was important to me before I uh, started making like big payments 
and, and buying up shit when I started making money because I was a millionaire inside of Rap-A-Lot before I became a millionaire outside of Rap-A-Lot. It was important to me to uh, reinvest in my company and keep the momentum going where my company was concerned before I started splurging too heavily uh, on my own. But to answer that question, the first thing, man, had to be some real estate. You know what I mean? I uh, a, a lot of people, even to this day, they play chess. Always been a nigga that liked to play Monopoly. You know what I mean? So even back then, I was playing Monopoly. Mm. You know, at yeah. 21 years old, I had a 30-acre ranch. Wow. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I was playing Monopoly even back then. You know yeah. what I mean? I ain't stopped. That's good game, OG. I ain't never heard yeah. of it like that. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's funny, OG. I same with me, bro. You know, it's almost like our stories are somewhat linear, but I'm just younger. I started buying my first property at 19. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I started buying property just to be honest with you. I had my little hustle money, and uh, I watch a lot of the OGs buy real estate. I really didn't know what I was doing. I, to be honest with you, I started buying property. So in my mind, I thought that in case I went to jail, I'd had something to, you know, uh, borrow against or to get me out. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So that's why I started buying it. So I got up to probably about 11 properties free and clear. I didn't even know what I had. I didn't even know what equity meant. OG, I didn't know none of that. And yeah. uh, I started talking with a, a young lady from a credit union. And she was like, hey, you know, uh, you own them properties free and clear? I was like, yeah. She was like, you know how much equity you got? I said, no. And so she, within probably, I say five months, she gave me a, a line of credit for like 600000 <laughs> you know, over yeah. the properties to do what I needed to do. I was like 21. You know what I'm saying? So I always tell the youngins, like, man, get you a piece of real estate. You know what I'm saying? Even with my co-producer, Ken, you know, Sir. same thing. I told him the same thing. He bought some stuff. I got, I got four right now. Right. For here. Right. Yeah. You know, so but it all started just, you know, a nigga just trying to, you know, do something and, and trying to cover my ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I can dig it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and if I could do it all over again, mm -hmm. I would uh, I, I would have done more. Right. Real estate. Right. You know right. I mean, I would have bought less jewelry and. Yeah. and yeah. diamonds and yeah. all that different cars yeah i would have bought more real estate man yeah i'm curious did you did you do uh commercial real estate plays or development or residential yeah well a lot of it was residential but i've done some commercial as well you know uh i definitely wasn't doing any building or nothing like that back then but I, I, I made some real important bets. Yeah, you know, I uh, I chose to. Mm -hmm. So I take it that you are you you for for owning your house instead of renting. Yeah, no, yeah. you know, I don't. Every piece of real estate I have is, you know what I mean. That's, that's the way that is. Okay, <laughs> okay, because you know you got some investors that choose to, you know what I mean. They own. Yeah you know, uh, property that makes them money, but they rent where they live. You know what I mean? So yeah. I didn't know if you, what, what do you think about that concept? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in hustling backwards, but by the same token, uh, I don't knock 
you know, uh, a person for whatever work for them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Whatever make them happy, however they want to do their thing, you know, I salute them. But I don't hustle backwards. Right, right. So <laughs> so you seeing success, mind, mind playing tricks on me, blowing up, ghetto boys, rap a lot, household name at that point. Uh, you know, we was definitely rocking, rocking to it in Kansas City. You know what I mean? Um, but there's a dark cloud looming. You know what I mean? So now in comes the feds, you know, uh, when did you get to the first whiff that that these people was on your ass? You know what I mean? Oh, well. I know that, you know what I mean, from the streets coming in, you know, what I mean, they never liked me there. And, uh, you know, I was a target before music, you know what I mean? And, and, and I understood, okay, I'm a target, you know, probably rightfully so. But, uh, you know, when I uh, chose to, uh, you know, transition, then they never wanted me uh, to forget or they never wanted me to believe that, you know, I could exercise my entrepreneurship in corporate America and become a success. You know what I mean? And and to me, they tried to destroy that from ever taking place, you know, by, by any means necessary, by taking my freedom all the way up into plotting to take my life. Because, you know, as they saw me evolve and as, as they saw my mind, being on a totally uh, different level than... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. They probably imagined then they they turn the fire, they turn the heat up. You know what I mean? Uh, from the states to the feds, and and every three letter alphabet you can think of, you know, they just turn that motherfucking flame up and say, we have to stop this dude right here from uh, becoming an inspiration. Right. To what has happened today? You know what I mean? I, I tell everybody, I believe these people in high places saw what's happening right now coming to fruition, and they want to stop that beginning with me because they knew I was breeding that real shit in the yeah. homies. Yeah. You know what I mean? On them intros when I yep. spoke. They heard real talk. Me. Real talk. Yeah. I was <laughs> a kid listening and I heard it, but it, it wasn't until I got older till it really resonated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I understood it was your influence. It was the threat of the influence. They said, yeah. okay, this nigga finna bring some structure into this shit. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and uh oh, he about to wake them up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he coming with resource, you know, yeah. you know. And yeah. then, of course, you, you, you know, uh, uh, being cool with Larry, you know, with Larry Hoover and his influence. They was like, oh, shit, you know, it got to be something. We got to find something. So. Yeah. So with that, they really turned up the heat and they tried to take you out like like for real, yeah. for real. Huh. Didn't they yeah, catch you like one late night? Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. On on a few occasions, mm. you know, we know about that night because I spoke about that. Right, one. right. But they conspired to uh, cross me on a few occasions. You know, I just uh, had the thinking ability 
to uh, and and had the the loyalty from the homies, the crew that surrounded me on a daily. It 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 distract it discouraged them. You know what I mean? Because it's one thing the 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 to feel like you're going to do something to a man and get away with it. It's another thing to feel like we're going to do this, but it's going to be some consequences. You know what I mean? This is going to cause us to be able to uh, accomplish this situation. So that uh, they didn't want to, they didn't want to lose, you know what I mean? And they weren't able to uh, do a lot of things they wanted to do. But most of all, I feel like, you know, the almighty had a shield of protection around me. You know what I mean? Because you, we all know when the United States of America versus any of our names is a disadvantage. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to tap into and you have to give credit to the one that that's over the United States and all other yeah, exactly. kingdoms and different things where America is concerned. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of Larry Hoover, um, how, how did you get your connect? How did you guys develop uh, a relationship? Uh, it's interesting. I got I got uh, uh, his son and, and, and his wife here with me right now. Oh, wow. OK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but that happened because Chicago, a lot of people don't know Chicago is who embraced rap a lot before. The South did. I mean, it was Chicago, it was Cleveland, Ohio, it was Detroit, the Midwest. You know what I mean? They felt they felt our movement and embraced our movement before uh, you know our own caught up with the movement. And uh, you know, it was it was doing you know one of those visits. He requested, you know what I mean, to meet me because. He had been listening to the music. You know what I mean? He had been listening to the artists. He had been listening to me. And I didn't find that up and find that out until uh we had a head up meeting, you know, till I went in there and met with him. And as he, you know what I mean, spoke different lyrics and, you know, brought to my attention, okay, I'm up on everything from A to Z. You know what I mean? It was uh, it was it was it was mind blowing. You know what I mean? Because not only was he up on that, his thinking ability, you know, impressed me. And a lot of people thinking ability don't impress me. So, you know, I uh, we was able to have conversations that that went so deep until I'm like, we got to share this with the world. You know, what I mean? we can't keep this to ourselves. And that's how that intro came about, you know what I mean? Because I want to expose, uh, you know, the lies of you know, how people was trying to paint this picture of Larry who I want to in- expose the intellect, you know I mean, that, that I had tapped into. And, you know, we've done that, man. We've done that against the threats of uh, all them people calling me if you do this, we're going to, you know, I wasn't trying to hear nothing. You know? Yeah. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. And it, that's, that's, that's uh commendable. And that's real that you've been holding them down all this time. You know what I mean? That's rare. That's you know what I mean? That's rare. Um, yeah. You think OG got a shot at, uh, 
at uh getting out? Yeah, most definitely. You know, I, I think he has more than a shot. And we have done some things that, uh, you know, complement every word I'm saying. You know, uh, it's just a matter of time because he has qualified. Well, the first step act is concerned. You know, where we went. We went before that, and we was victorious on, on on that part of it. So now it's just a matter of waiting on the judge to do the right thing and to do the same thing that he done for others. You know what I mean? Do it for him. So there's no discriminating, uh, 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 you know what I mean? All that other shit going on with this concern, then, yeah, it'll be here soon. Okay. Yeah, we'll be praying for him, man. Um yeah. free Larry Hoover. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh I met Bushwick Bill uh probably uh I don't know, when was this? Uh that was two thousand like four or five. Yeah, two thousand four, yeah. two thousand five. And still here. Yeah, and I had did some work with him and um Bushwick Bill, you know, was an interesting guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I spent I spent time with him. You know, he he, he had stayed over uh, where we were staying for a while. I know you got a crazy story about working with Bushwick. <laughs> All right, you know, rest in peace to the homie. But you know, you had these three personalities. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> Willie D turned up, angry, Scarface. You know what I'm saying? I I heard that his nickname they call him Creepy in in Houston, and then you got Bushwick, you know what I mean? What is the? I know you got a crazy story, OG, dealing with them three. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> One that you can say, you know what I mean? One that you could tell. You know this this was a funny story right here, man. Uh, we was headed back from San Diego, and Bushwick and Willie D. You know Bushwick getting drunk, drinking. We we on a we in a in a van or something. Uh-huh. In uh, Winnebago. And all of a sudden, we getting ready to uh, go over the Golden State Bridge. And Bushwick and Willie D make a $10,000 bet that Bushwick can't jump from the Golden State Bridge and hit that water and live <laughs> and swim to the bank. Bushwick, being the damn fool that Bushwick was, yeah, uh, pulling over. Pull over, bet, <laughs> giving the money out, bet. And me knowing Bushwick, yeah. he going to jump, right? Yeah, yeah. So so I say, Bushwick, I say, you can swim, man. Do you swim under the water or on top of the water? You know what I mean? Because I'm knowing Bushwick's yeah. arms ain't that long, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, man, do you swim under? I swim under the water. I say, well, let me tell you something, Bushwick. I say, man, if you jump from up here and hit that water, you're going to bust open, man. I said, <laughs> and them sharks going to think you'll see them. I say, I tell the man, I say, man, keep driving this motherfucking bus, man. We're not going to pull over for this man to commit suicide. That's what's going to happen if he jump off the goddamn bridge. And I knew he was, so yeah, that was, uh, that was one of many, man. Oh wow, that's crazy! What was your story? Uh, didn't didn't he stay in an apartment and tore tore it up? What was? Ooh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bushwick he did some crazy shit with me too. That's why I asked. Um, 
I was doing some work with him. And I mean, one thing I will say about Bill, and maybe you agree, OG, dude was really, really smart. He was he was really intelligent and insightful. Um, and uh, I was standing. I always called it knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you know the difference of wisdom and knowledge, right? Right. T- break it down, OG. Yeah, I, I say knowledge is knowing the truth. Yeah. Wisdom is living the truth. Right, right, right. Yeah. Good game. Good game. Excellent. Yeah. So he um uh so he stayed, I stayed in Brentwood, uh, which is in West LA. And so I got him one of the suites over there. Man, this nigga Bushwick, boy, he was being Bushwick. He turned up, he tore up the spot, <laughs> he wasn't gonna leave. It was uh man, I was like, Bill, like I didn't do anything. They're lying. Like, you know, Bushwick was, was wild. He was, he was a, yeah. a wild boy, but he yeah. was a good dude though. The time I spent with him, uh, you know, uh, insightful, like you said, knowledgeable, you know, and one thing yeah. he'll argue about anything. You, you, you tell him <laughs> something, he going to argue and try to, I could say, man, listen, that's blue. It's not yeah. really blue. Do you believe them? Cause they told you it's blue. It could be something else. You know, he just finds something to argue about. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, but, yeah, that's the homie, man. Rest in peace to Bushwick. Um, I mean, OG, like you running a company, you know, being a a, a father, you know, maybe being a husband, and then having to manage all those personalities. You know what I'm saying? Yes. How difficult was that to juggle? You know what I mean? Because you yeah. you still they boss at the end of the day. They you know so you you know it, you become involved in these people's lives. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. how difficult was that? Man, uh, it's, it's interesting you ask that because one of the homies, Rico, <clears throat> you know who uh, doing some work with Scarface and Devin, he asked me that question. He said, "Man." We need to get you an Academy Award. <laughs> you was you was micromanaging forty to fifty niggas, and I I can't deal with one or two. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. You know my answer to that man was, uh, you know, it 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 had to be a gift. You know what I mean? It had to be a gift of who I was, and it had to be. Uh, uh, a thing where they was concerned of the respect that they had from me because without either <clears throat> of those, you know, I wouldn't have been able to, to do it the way I've done it. Yeah. I mean, you did it with such grace, OG. Um, because listen, I tell you, bro, like I come up under P's tutelage, you know what I mean? And P came up under yours. So in essence, you know, I get remnants of, of your game as well. But listen, man, I I, I I ran a label and had artists and oftentimes I would be like, OK, I know what I know what P would do, but what would Jay do? You know what I'm saying? And I ain't got the patience. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, man, fuck these artists. And I'd be like, shit, I did. <laughs> you know, yeah. I Jay deal with them crazy motherfuckers because I can't deal with these five or six. You know what I'm saying? That I got to yeah. deal with. So. You know, that in itself is a gift, <laughs> you know, yeah. and people don't understand how difficult that is to get people to rally around what you, your vision, you know what I'm saying? And get people to fall in line consistently, you know, and do what needs to be done and show up. That's, that's yeah. a gift within <clears throat> itself. It definitely takes real leadership, man. Mm-hmm. It takes real leadership of being able to like tap into some dark 
places that exist in other people to, uh, you know, to make them believe in something that they really don't believe in. Yep. Like, like I used to get an analogy of my artists, you know, I used to like ride with them and, and him say, this shit ain't going to work. This ain't this, this ain't that. So, you know, they, they didn't believe, they really believe that shit. Right. So it almost was like my heartbeat was pumping blood into all of them. You know what I mean? They had enough sense to show up and do something that they like, but they really didn't believe in the mechanics you know what I mean? That it was going to take place and they would get paid and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, so let's 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 move forward a little bit. I want to talk about UGK. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I think that's a testament to just who you are as a man. The fact that you advocated for UGK when you didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, just from your background and things that you do, you know, and it takes one to know one. I think that you are like a natural protector. You know, I'm kind of like that, too, especially for people who can't protect themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what you know, what made you go ahead and, and advocate for them? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, embrace them like that when you really didn't have a no dog in the fight in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, long time ago, when I first heard a UGK song, I drove down there, burn a Lexus Cooper up I had just bought <laughs> to go and visit yeah. with Pimp and Bond out there in Port Arthur. And, uh, you know, I took a liking to him because I knew, you know, where they was headed and where they came from was inspired by what we had done, the ghetto boys had done. And uh, even though they were signed, I said to Pimp on that day, you know what I mean? Because I understood, you know, how people try and like handle, you know, uh, all of us that was coming from the South. I said, y'all need me for anything, don't hesitate. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And, but my whole thing, man, was, you know, I felt like, I had laid a foundation down in the South and I felt like, you know, everybody came out was kin to me and was, was family to me. And, you know, I always felt like if I could share some wisdom, if I can help or whatnot, that was, you know, it wasn't a thought of me not wanting to contribute. You know what I mean? So that was just something that I took ownership of in my own mind and in my own heart. You know what I mean? Because I knew, like, from the beginning, you know, and, and when the foundation that was being laid, I knew how all these people felt about that whole movement that I was starting, man. They didn't like it. They never wanted it to come to fruition. And they was doing all type of shit to prevent it from happening. So to be on a roll and to have, you know, P and all the others moving and UGK you know, I'd have done anything within my power to help any of those brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pimp C was special, bro. You know, um, yeah. he had that charisma. You know what I mean? He he had that. He he was a star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I remember you know first hearing UGK, and I fell in love with with their music. You know what I mean? So. <clears throat> 
Let me ask you something, OG. I mean, how awkward was it for you, if if at all, when, you know, my big brother, you know, P and Pimp C had their little skirmish, you know? <laughs> how awkward was that for you? Because obviously, you know, P is your guy, but yeah. Pimp C is your guy, you know what I mean? Like, what what kind of space did that, that put you in? Yeah, it was a bittersweet situation. You know what I mean? Bitter because I didn't want to see them having any kind of situation. You know what I mean? To me, you know, I I never wanted to, like, recreate what I had witnessed going on in the West and East and shit like that. So that, that that was bitter. It was sweet to me because I felt like both of them respected me and I could come in and, and, you know, try and help out with the situation, which I think I ultimately done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that something, did you, was that you having a conversation with P or having a conversation with both of them or, or just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was, it was a combination of both. You know what I mean? I definitely spoke with both of them. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I let C know, you know, cause I'm I'm the type of dude if you I don't stand on wrong, right? I don't stand on, you know, from no angle. You know, so I spoke I spoke realness to him because I know P. You know what I mean? And 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 then when me and P had an opportunity to speak, you know, I, I I'm the same nigga. You know what I mean? So it's a mutual respect from both of them where I'm concerned and vice versa. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think it helped. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you you seem to always be the one that people come to for conflict resolution. You know what I'm saying? Uh, why why you think that is? I mean, because I know they, they came to you for the East Coast, West Coast thing. You know, at the end of the day, people always say, OK, let's holler at Jay. Let's let's see if Jay can try to make sense of all this, you know. Where, you know, why you think people say, OK, Jay the fixer, you know, is it because, you know, I never heard your name or rap a lot mixed up in any shit. You know what I'm saying? You've always kind of been an island unto yourself. You know what I mean? So is it because you've always been neutral in terms of a lot of the rap bullshit? And you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's stronger than the, the, the neutralness. It's uh, I think it's a track record of uh, of respect. You know what I mean? It's a track record where. No weak shit has been, you know, uh, left, and and you know I don't I don't do that. So you know, people that people that know me that that's able to communicate and dialogue with me, uh, you know, I think they leave the table, uh, you know, with that sense of, you know, we can get some shit done, you know, one way or the the the, the other, and if you. Like if you really know me, then you uh you also understand that okay, you know, we don't want to put him in no position where you have to choose sides either. Right, right, right. So, you know, it's a combination of uh standing on right, man, and and you know what I mean, that I, I believe it I believe that truth stay the same and win all the time. That lie gotta keep changing. Lie gotta keep changing. Yeah, real <laughs> yeah. talk. <laughs> Real talk. So, I mean, so talk about the infamous, the courtesy message. You know what I'm saying? Because I know, you know, usually 
if, if you get wrong and run a file of J, you know, you get the courtesy of a of a of a warning, you know, what I'm saying a verbal message. Is that yeah. something that that you just, you know, I mean, because OG told me one time you always give a you always give a nigga a way out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you don't you know, you got to outthink individuals. You know what I'm saying? So you always yeah. give them a way out. Is that kind of your approach to it? Like, OK, before I have well, I to fuck I, over you. I, I, I don't I don't call it a way out, uh, but I it it may mean the same thing under certain circumstances. But I just feel like everybody is due a chance. You know what I mean? I I really feel that way because I feel like if some people know better, they'll do better. And a lot of people do dumb shit because they don't they don't know no other way. Right. You know what I mean? They don't know better. So I I feel like you know, they do that chance. You know, I even appreciate uh, having that chance for myself, beginning with me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of shit I I wouldn't have done if I would have known better. So, you know, <clears throat> with that combination of uh, wanting that for myself, wanting that for my loved ones, then it's only right to, like, extend that invitation to any man. You know what I mean? You may not knew you may not know, brother, you were standing on my feet or you was in violation or, or this is the reward for this situation. You may not know, but here's what it is. Now, if you choose to uh, violate this or do this after you know better, right. then right. we both understand. Right, right. No, real talk, <clears throat> real talk. So, so with the, so I guess with the with the whole thing of checking in you know what i mean people act like that's a a thing you know what i mean of of disrespect yeah. um i don't know i guess maybe to squares or maybe the people that don't know no better because you know when i hit cities i always hit the homies these youngsters you know they don't put no value on themselves you know they'll they'll spend money on all this so other frivolous shit but they don't know how to move right um yeah you know what's your and i know you're for the courtesy call but i mean for the youngsters I mean, you know, help them understand that that's just, you know, that's 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 survival. That's moving smart. That's that's being intelligent to, you know, yeah. not just be out there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe we need to uh, uh, change the word for the youngsters. The checking in part, you know, is uh, they seem to get hung up on that word. Yeah. Checking in. Yeah. So so if we would could diversify that that word and bring it up to a 2021 thing uh, <laughs> right what's the word we, og what's the word yeah maybe we maybe we may want to tell them they they need to get connected uh yeah uh, yeah uh, you know what i mean yeah maybe that's the proper word connected properly connected yeah. or whatnot yeah they getting you tripped know? up on the semantics <laughs> yeah, yeah they get stuck I yeah mean, right there you stuck so then you 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 stuck on stupid, right? Yeah. You stuck on stupid, and you're not using uh, your your powers or uh, access to powers that you have. You're looking at it as a a, a negative versus a positive. You know, we all know if you can tap into good people wherever you go, wherever. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 a blessing, Rip. Real talk. Real talk. Mean, who who want to have access to power and not use it? Yeah, it don't make sense to stand next to power and not leave with none. You know what I mean? Doesn't make sense. 
you know um so let's fast forward to uh man drake you know what i'm saying the 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 killing part about it i thought about it this morning og i mean you have you have your your fingerprints on some of the biggest you know most prolific artists ever i mean even if you go back to the ghetto boys and then you talk about scarface then you talk about drake and then even you talk about megan the stallion which we'll get to you know but what was that you know that how did you come across you know the whole drake situation but that was i have to give credit to my son on that one that was uh jazz prince you know what i mean uh he felt real strongly about Drake, you know, even though, you know, I tried to discourage him and, and get him to move to something else, you know. But he uh, was a student in rap a lot when he was a kid. I had him there. I didn't, I didn't leave him at home and and, and and had him doing a bunch of other stuff. I, I took my boys to the office and I allowed them to work and learn different things. And one of the most important things that, that uh, he learned that made him embrace Drake was a buzz. You know what I mean? He heard me on marketing calls every week getting on people's asses about what's buzzing in your town. What's find the buzz, find the buzz, find the buzz. And uh, he found the buzz on, uh, what was that, Facebook, whatever that was. Yeah, MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Where Drake was concerned and... Uh, you know, he used those words to me after I was trying to discourage him. He buzzing, Daddy. Trust me on this one. He buzzing. And that's all I need to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that was our lingo. Yeah. Find the buzz. Yeah. And, uh, from there, I just gave him the direction, man, on, you know, let's fly him here in Houston. Let's take take him back out on tour with you with Lil Wayne this time. You know what I mean? And Halloween Wayne to put his arms around him on stage. I mean, and the rest was history. Yeah, yeah. Drake is a phenomenal artist, bro. And I, I you know, I'm with you, uh, OG. When I first came across Drake, man, I, I wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I had in my head the bullshit, you know what I'm saying? Because from where we come from and you yeah. know, I came up on Ghetto Boys in WA. So I'm looking, I'm like, what? This nigga from, you know, he from... Canada, he light skinned, he's singing, you know what I'm saying? But once I start listening to the music, man, Drake yeah. like top five, you know, of today. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. You know, and he's gonna go down in history as a superstar. So that was a great no move. About it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. What a uh so I'm assuming I know you went through your thing with cash money uh with Drake. You know, I remember seeing the message, which was hilarious. Uh I think you was on TMZ. And you said, uh, yeah, I don't know where the money is. I mean, I'm going to go get it, even if it's in their ass. <laughs> we'll have to go in there and get it. <laughs> did, y'all, <laughs> uh, did, y'all, did y'all end up figuring that out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a done deal. Okay. You know, the, the home is done right. Okay. By my son, and, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's self. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. I love to see that and see... That that shows the youngsters too that you can peacefully resolve conflict, you know, dialogue, conversation, rudination. Sometimes just sit down, have a conversation, you figure it out, you know. Um, so now going to fifteen oh one, how did how did you get involved with that? Uh, 
1501 is owned by Carl Crawford, and Carl Crawford is is from my hood. Okay, you know, we're okay. from Fifth Ward. Okay, and uh, you know, he came back after uh, his baseball season, and you know, started a record label. And of course, you know, Megan was his first artist, and you know, he he he, he took the risk. You know what I mean, and uh, you know, he he got knowledge firsthand on how this game go and how how shark infested the waters are in the music industry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah, uh, they came at her. And, of course, we know how that go. You know, when you build anything from an independent perspective, you know, everybody, you know, love to run to the table and start seeing uh, how you got Fucked over, yeah. You know yeah, the thing that's yeah, part that of the that didn't, that didn't start with him. So, of course, you know when all of that, you know, uh, chaos hit the the radar. Uh, he came to me, and it was only right that I uh, stand up for the, for the homie. Mm-hmm. So once again, you know, Jay Prince there to save the day. You know, people look for you to. For the conflict resolution, that seems to be the common thing, you know, yeah. and shit. You also, you know, I know historically, you know, you kind of I guess one of your hobbies is being a metal detector, too, huh? You said a metal detector, a metal detector, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> if you come to Houston and you lose your chain somehow, you know, <laughs> the OG can, can, can help you out with that. <laughs> if somebody else just happened to find your shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you know. Sometimes things cross my radar. Yeah. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, I can ask and get an answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, very few do I even want to uh, talk about that kind of shit with people. In other words, I don't, I don't want to be that man where you, too much of that shit happened, right? Yeah, that shit yeah. Go on like nonstop, man. Yeah. So, you know, but where family is concerned, where friends, uh, concerned if uh, you know I can be of a, a help of a, a assistance, then you know I I stick my head up. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. Um, the thing about it too, what I like about you, Jay, is the fact that you know, like like myself, you know, we're not formally educated. You know, what I'm saying like I graduated high school, as I'm sure you did. You know, yeah, I did. Yeah, you know, I I didn't go to university, didn't go to college, or nothing like that, but you know, you having the business acumen and the business savvy to diversify, you know, like, you know, most rappers, you know, most people in the music, you know, they get some money, they get caught on the bullshit, the lifestyle, then they go broke. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I know you diversified your, your shit. You got cattle, you know, you got different ventures and things like that. Like what, you know, how did you know to even get into that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you know that having cattle and different things like that would be a profitable business? Um, you know, land is like a, a, a passion of mine. You know what I mean? Before the cattle, it's it's the land. You know okay. what I mean? It's the things that 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 God make. Like God ain't making no more land. Right. So so, you know, even as a as a kid, you know, I always enjoyed the tranquility. You know, I always been a guy that liked to hunt, like yeah. fish and do things like that. So I, I was, I'm attracted to land. And, uh, you know, ultimately I end up 
getting a piece of land and analyzing, you know, when I was analyzing purchase, purchasing my ranch, you know, it, it came with cattle and different things on the ranch. And the way the guy, it was a, it was a business. It was an ongoing business where he was selling hay and cattle. And anybody that have a ranch know that you normally, that's, that's a liability. You, you normally do things like that because you just love that tranquility in the country. You know, normally that's not a money-making situation. Uh, okay. And uh, so so once I understood, like, oh, this is an ongoing business that kind of pay for itself, it became more attractive to me. Ah, <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Because okay. it, you know, it, it was already set up. It was already there. So all I had to do was uh, not change nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was already built in. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. I, but um, I had a choice. I had a choice to buy many without that. That was more attractive to me. So I bought it with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's dope. I also want to talk about your book, OG, um, The Art and Science of Respect. You yeah. know, uh, when you, I'm not going to lie, OG, when you, when you wrote this, man, I was like, finally, you know what I'm saying? Um, cause again, I, I watched you from afar, uh, as a kid, you know what I mean? Like I said, when making trouble came out in 86, I was 10, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you always were kind of like an enigma, you know, you always stayed in the background, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what made you change? What made you say, you know what, I'm gonna come out the shadows. I'm gonna tell this story. I'm gonna show my face. They're going to hear my voice, you know, outside of record. I'm gonna start getting on this social media shit. Cause I, I hated social media, OG. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, where we come from, you know, we didn't right. take pictures. We didn't do social media, none of that shit. I never took pictures because I didn't want, I wanted to be able to say I didn't know this nigga. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, what made you go ahead and take that that leap and, and coming out, come out the shadows? Well, I, I believe there's a time and a place for everything. You know what I mean? And and I'm a dude that know how to adjust to, to the time. You know, I'm not one dimensional. And uh, I understand that <clears throat> I have, uh, uh, you know, lived a life that, you know, most will call successful. And I've lived a life where I've been able to uh, uh, make a lot of things work in a unique way. So, you know, with, with all that being said, I wanted to share, you know, the, the life that I had lived. I wanted to, I didn't want people to like, uh, you know, want my glory and not know my story. So, you know what I mean? It was an opportunity to like, uh, you know, go in them places that I know so many have went in and may think there's no way out and experience a lot of things. You know what I mean? I felt like it would inspire, man. I felt like you know, it's a part as a as a part of my legacy. You know, I I owe the, the people this. Yeah, was it was it uncomfortable? You know, what I'm saying because you had to be you know somewhat vulnerable. You know, what I mean, especially being so private and you know having to move how you had to move for so many years. You know, yeah. was it uncomfortable? Yeah, the most uncomfortable part was going into uh, the projects, uh, going into that apartment where I last saw my sister. 
You know what I mean? That was the most and most uncomfortable part. Uh, everything else was uh, just a process of remembering, going back, you know, to those years in that place, and you know what I mean, uh, sharing things that the enemy uh, won't be able to use against me. Yeah, real talk. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, we. You know, us, you know, we was like, we won't hear this. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, but I know OG too smart for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, when I read it, I actually read it and I actually listened to the uh, audio of it. You know, that's how yeah. intrigued I was by it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. You know, and I actually, I, I when I was reading it, I actually, you had it. You had a pa- I didn't know that you had such a passion for boxing and that you actually wanted to be a boxer at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I that shit. Still do, man. Yeah, you train. That's that's where most of my time is spent. Uh-huh. Now that's why uh-huh. I'm out here in Vegas. Uh-huh. You know, I, I I love the sport of boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, do you, you ever know, train? You ever work out? In uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I I do a little something with them. Every okay. Nine okay. Yeah. So, did you ever box Golden Gloves, or did you actually get active in it? No, I never, one of the things, like, when I was coming up, wasn't no gym, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Wasn't no gym in the hood, and that's why I built a recreation center and a boxing gym in my hood, because oh, wow. I didn't, I couldn't get to one, and I, I promised myself, I said, if I ever, you know what I mean, get in a position to build a boxing gym in this hood, you know, I don't want no more kids coming up saying that they couldn't do something that they wanted to do. Yeah, man, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, this it's funny, OG. Um, you know, I used to want to be a boxer too when I was a kid. You know what I mean? My dream was to, you know, which I didn't understand, I wanted to be like Tyson. Then when I got older, I wanted to fight Mike Tyson, you know. Yeah. Uh and you did you ever have dealings with, with Tyson in that world? Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man. Mike, you know, after I built the boxing gym, Mike Tyson was the the first fighter I reached out to that I wanted to sign. Mm. And a lot of don't know, you know, when I came to Las Vegas, set up a meeting to sign and be in business with Mike Tyson. I wanted to be in business with him as a part of his management team. And it was when I entered the gym to meet with him, I met Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? So that's that's how me and Floyd got together from my meeting with Mike. And uh, I wrote about it in the book on how I prayed for a champion. You know what I mean? That was my prayer. You know, everything that I ever wanted to accomplish in life, I would I would pray. You know, or I asked him for what I want. So I asked him for a champion and I flew to Vegas with my mind on Mike Tyson and to be in business with Mike Tyson. And I thought I was in business with Mike Tyson because me and Mike had got his wife on the phone and I left with understanding that I was going to be a part of the team. But in that gym, Florida kept coming up to me and he had gave me his card. Jay, you want to do something? Call me. So on the next day, when I woke up, I couldn't reach Tyson. You know what I mean? Phone off. I couldn't reach him. And I asked my friend, well, who is this guy right here? And he said, oh, this is Floyd Mayweather. It's the 130-pound champion. I'm like, Damn, that's when a red light went off in my head. I said, man, I prayed for a champion. And reached out to the brother, and he and I 
uh, done a deal in less than a week or two, man. Mm. Damn, it that's big. Rough. That's big. So what what happened with that? Did you guys move forward or, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I managed Floyd for four years. Oh, okay. Okay. I was, I was the one that helped lay the foundation that okay. he eaten off of today. We done uh, a lot of creative things. To, okay. Uh, you know what I mean? The, the contributor to where he had today. And uh, I enjoyed that. That was the beginning and he gave me the opportunity to uh, to be where I'm at right now, where boxing is concerned. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So you got you got new fighters that you're managing right now? Who you got oh, on yeah. your roster now? Yeah, well, I'm out here right now handling some business with a couple of my heavyweights, Jared Anderson and F.A., because of uh, Tyson Fury is getting ready to fight Anthony Joshua, and we plan on being on the undercard where that's concerned. So. You know, yeah, I'm excited, man, about, you know, a whole lot of uh, new fighters that I have that's going to really be dominant. Okay. There's, a, there's also a connection to Roy Jones Jr., right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. You know, Roy, that's that's my guy. You know what I mean? He and I have done a lot of work together. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the uh, the him and Tyson, the exhibition thing that they did, the the sparring session? <laughs> I, was, I was glad to see my brother get paid you know yeah I mean? that's yeah. that's the 50 year old version yeah. of, uh, of 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 that situation now i'll show you a picture here when i let me see if i can find that picture when i put together this this would have been can y'all see that yeah oh that's tyson who's that oh that's roy roy and tyson yeah. okay that's roy and tyson now that's when I flew them out to the ranch. Uh huh. When they were gonna fight in their twenties. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, that fight never came to fruition. But yeah. uh, what happened? Why was, did Why did that fall apart? Well, we couldn't get the finances. Okay. Uh, aligned up properly. Mm. But uh, yeah, that would have been one yeah, to see. That'd have been monumental. It'd have, it'd have been a little different than. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> no, who, who you, who you think would have won, OG? Oh, back then, yeah. Ooh, boy, you know, I don't think Tyson was as disciplined as Roy was back then in terms of training. You know, at that yeah. So it, it depends on uh, what Tyson would have showed up. Right, right. You know what I mean? If right. he would have been, if he'd have showed up undisciplined and not in shape, mm-hmm. he'd have been in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. If he'd have showed up the opposite of yeah. that, Iron Roy would have been in trouble. Yeah, real talk. <laughs> I mean, because Roy's hands, his speed is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially to be his size, you know. But Tyson is the most vicious heavyweight. I think, you know what I'm saying? I always, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think Tyson's one of the greatest in heavyweights. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So, OG, what's, what's some of the new ventures you got going on? You know, I mean, we know you got the boxing, so, you know, what else you got cracking? Well, you know, right now I'm uh, excited, man, about my new wine collection, you know, loyalty wine. Loyalty wine, I got a Merlot, Right here, I got a Cabernet, a Champagne, a Rosé. Okay. So, I mean, I'm excited about that for a combination of reasons. Uh, this name, Loyalty, uh, 
as you know, mean more than just the drink. But I, I think it's 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 a perfect name wrapped around uh, 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 a drink that we we can you can celebrate. You know what I mean? There's so many reasons to like celebrate, like any success. I believe loyalty have to be involved. You know what I mean? So to be able to toast, you know, from the Super Bowl, a marriage or whatever it may be, about our loyalty in the midst of that celebration, you know, I, I like that concept. So I'm glad to have a, 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 a product, you know, with some substance and meaning yeah. attached to it. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So, yeah. I mean, what, like, how do you... You know, how do you make choices on what type of businesses you're going to go into? You know what I mean? Like, do you just is it that people bring you stuff and you say, yeah, that makes sense. Or, you know, or you just do stuff that you enjoy and that you like. Well, well, I, uh, I like to do things that connect, you know what I mean, with the playing field that I that I'm that I'm on. You know what I mean? It's hard for me. You know, I don't I don't I don't believe in. Uh, making a lot of investments that I'm not connected to. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to put my destiny in no man's hand and give him my money and expect for him to handle it like I would handle it. So it, it's real easier for me to be on the playing field where, where I'm active and I can do some things. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it definitely don't hurt to enjoy whatever it is you're trying to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that that's that's really the only way you'd be successful in it. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell some of these youngsters, you know, know, invest in what you enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Because you got paper chases. I think you need more purpose chases. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because if you... If you move with purpose, you know what I mean? You have a passion, then you're going to succeed yeah. at it because then you're going to do the work. You know what I'm saying? Because really only yeah. chasing money, only that's only in the street. You know what I'm saying? Because that's all it is. But at yeah. the end of the day, in building business, you know, you got to have a passion for it. Um, So I, I want to ask you this too, OG, before we go. Um, Man, what's your opinion on the state of affairs with the police? What do you think, especially us coming from where we come from, uh, and you being a primary target of law enforcement unfairly and unjustly, what do you think needs to happen? You know what I'm saying? Uh, with the whole policing dilemma in the country as it, you know, pertains primarily to African-Americans. Yeah, I, I think they need to bring back the whole uh, cowboy hanging law. You know what <laughs> I mean? Where you, you yeah. hang these individuals that, you know, blatantly you know, killing our people like that. You know, I I, I feel that strongly about it. You know what I mean? Because you have to understand this is something that's been going on for a long time, man. And and, I mean, before us, these people have been killing us and been, you know, treating us like shit, like way too long. Now, it just so happened now that, you know, we got cameras to record a lot of this. But when you think about the blood that has been shed that these people have gotten away with for decades and centuries, and you know what I mean? You know, it, it, it makes you sick. So when I use that word, hang on, it's coming from that place, you know what I mean, 
from way back. And it was coming from that place of them knowing, of me knowing that they wanted to do me the same way. You know what I mean? And I think until something is in place that drastic, we we we, we won't see a change. You know, it's going to have to be on that level to some capacity, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the training needs to be addressed. But like you said, until they really feel it, you know, from different angles, you know, uh, be it, you know, some, I don't know, some vigilante shit. And also when they do fuck up, you know, like being made an example out of, you know, you know, when they when they fire that gun and they fuck up and it's unjustly, I think that, you know, they they need to be treated like a civilian. You know what I'm saying? Because because yeah. I know, you know, if you or I have to defend ourselves, we shit even on our property, especially here in California. Shit. If a motherfucker try to break in my house and I shoot him out here in California, if that motherfucker survive, he can sue me. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like like you you know what I'm saying? They make it so hard for civilians, but then they give they they send the wrong message to to you know to police that they can just do whatever they want with impunity. Boy, boy, boy. See, I it'd be hard for me to live in a place with yeah, that man. kind of law. Yeah, hey, you listen, I mean? Texas, y'all okay. wide open. Y'all got open carries. Y'all got, you know what I'm saying, you can have magazines yeah. over 10 rounds down up here. You can't have a concealed carry, no open carry. They don't want you to have magazines over 10 rounds, all kind of goofy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know. Yeah, yeah, you like, man, I'm cool <laughs> down here. <laughs> I, I wish you luck out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, man, OG, real quick, man. Give us a word of the day, bro. I just want to hear, you know, drop some wisdom on these youngsters. You know what I'm saying? Before we do that, I want to ask your opinion on something. Um, You know, back in our day, you know, you're a little older than me, but even still, uh, we was wild. We did our dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, We just didn't have social media. That's fair. I'd say that. But I still say that it's a different mentality with these youngsters. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. more reckless. Uh, it's more frivolous. They don't value money. They don't value life. They don't value opportunities. Um, you know, what is your take? And I'm pretty sure I already know the answer, but, I, you know, what is your take on the culture of the young rappers today and just the young niggas in the hood in general? You know, it's not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, I think... Uh I think the word is being fulfilled, first of all. You know what I mean? Every generation going to get wiser but weaker. Ah, and yeah. you see, you know, a lot of these guys got access to more information, mm-hmm. which makes them wiser about a lot of things, but mm-hmm. they're weaker. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They, yeah. they, they do a lot of weak shit. But, you know, we uh, I'd be like one of the first to take responsibility for uh, – doing a lot of weak shit in my era as well. You know what I mean? So we have to understand that it came from somewhere. You know what I mean? They didn't just start being that way on their own. You know what I mean? And when everybody take accountability, then you can have real conversations on uh, making things better. You know, so I'm, I'm not one, even though I understand the state that they're in right now, but you know, I, I don't forget some of the shit that, yeah. Yeah. you know, showed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, 
But in all fairness, though, I mean, we showed them your generation, which was you a few years above me. I mean, y'all yeah. showed us getting money. You know what I'm saying? So well, that's we what showed, we did. We showed getting money, but we showed some other shit. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You did. You did. Uh, but now it's like, I don't know. It's like foolishness. It's I think even in the midst of our dumb shit, we still operated yeah. with a certain level of ethic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like even yeah. in the hood, you know, it wasn't cool to be firing on no women or no kids and just indiscriminately like that. I mean, nigga might fire at some niggas and his homeboys that didn't have nothing to do with it. But I'm talking about civilians. Like, you know, we were taught not to, you don't put your gun on a civilian on a square. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to do yeah. what you're going to do is with people that's in the underworld with you. But now it just seemed like everything is about clout. Everything is about going viral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, what do you think that, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's hard to talk to him. I'd be trying to holler at him, but it's yeah. a disconnect. Yeah. No, it's the, it's, it's a new, it's a new time, man. It's a new world. You know what I mean? If we would have been in this world that exists today, we would have been different people. You know what I mean? We have to understand that this ain't what we came up under. You know what I mean? We didn't have to, we didn't have access and we didn't have to deal with a lot of the shit that they deal with. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, my words of wisdom for all of them, you know, old or young and, and everybody that got ears would be, you know, we got two things every day we wake up. And that's a chance and a choice. And what we choose to do with those is going to uh, determine our ultimate destination on where we end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good word, OG. Real yeah. quick, we got a you got a movie documentary coming. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, in the process of of wrapping up the loose ends on on the negotiations where the contract is concerned, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a few things that I didn't put in the book. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was hoping <laughs> to hear. <laughs> That's what I was hoping to hear. So we gonna see the documentary first. Yeah. For okay. Sure. All right. When is that gonna drop? Maybe sometime later this year. I'm I'm hoping, yeah, the okay. end of this year sometime. Yeah. Who you think could play you for the movie? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think Lil Duval. Know. Lil Duval looked like he could be one of your sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm looking forward to see who the guys choose to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's what's up, OG. Hey, well, listen, man, I'm going to let you get out of here, man. I just want to, you know, one thing about my platform uh, that I created this for is to give people like yourself their flowers while they're breathing. You know what I'm saying? I believe in in that. You want to give people their props and their respect. And, um, you know, and, you know, I've always respected you like everybody else, you know, even reverence. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we appreciate you, all the real ones. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all of the thing, your accomplishments and inspiring us and, and giving us game, even through record, you know, as far back as almost 30 years ago, over 30 years ago, you know what I mean? So, you know, even, you know, inspiring P who is, you know, again, my big brother, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we appreciate you. I appreciate you, you know, keep doing what you're doing, keep being great. You know what I mean? And leading the charge, you know, for, for the niggas is free and the ones behind the wall, you know what I mean? 
So yeah, yeah I just want to give you your flowers and salute you, two hands salute you. Hey man, I appreciate that home and the feeling is mutual. The love is mutual. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Yeah, All for good. sure. about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about well get ready to feel that excitement all over again because amazon prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level absolutely prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker it's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else and don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.